Welcome to the Mojo Rising podcast, where I, Julie Stevens, reveal the most powerful ways to make cancer suck less. I was diagnosed on June 14, 2022, with stage four aggressive, inoperable, and chemo-resistant colon cancer with a 14% chance of survival. By using data and the very best of conventional and traditional healing to guide my holistic approach, I was able to fully heal my stage four colon cancer in nine months. If I would have followed the standard of care offered by most American oncologists, I would be dead. I created this podcast to share everything I've learned to help you have the most enjoyable, efficient, and effective healing journey possible. If you or someone you care about is a newly diagnosed cancer patient, this is the podcast for you. For more information and to access the resources we've built for patients to make cancer suck less, please go to mojohealth.org and become a member of the Mojo Movement. Now it's time to get your Mojo Rising. Welcome to another edition of Mojo Rising and how to make cancer suck less with Julie Stevens and Oscar Sierra. We're so excited to spend some time with you today. And this is one of the foundational things that I learned during my cancer journey that really helped me to proactively build a strategy, both to heal and to mitigate risk. And so I'm joined today by Oscar Sierra. So Oscar, can you share a little bit about um, some of the toolboxes that you traditionally use when you are he- are working with a patient? Yeah. So I'd say the ETMS, the Collective Triphasic Medical System, kind of taught me these toolboxes, courtesy of Donnie Yance and uh, and Jason and Dwight McKee, the oncologist that I learned from back in 2011 and still to this day. In every scenario, everyone should employ something, one or many things out of each one of these toolboxes. So this is kind of a way to uh, mentally organize, you know, make sure that someone doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be your oncologist. In fact, your oncologist might not be the best person uh, to talk to you about lifestyle or diet intervention or, you know, acupuncture or massage therapy. But, you know, as you, as you, uh, talked about, you know, forming a team. This is this is why you form a team because there's not going to be any one person that is expert in all of these things. But all of these things are absolutely necessary to turn a cancer scenario around, especially an advanced cancer. Pharmaceuticals are simply just not enough, and even within the realm of ph- pharmaceuticals, is one of this one of the toolboxes. Even oncologists know that monotherapy does just rarely works. It's almost never works. So one drug, you almost never see one drug being employed as a chemo agent. So it's always, you know, adriamycin plus cytoxin, cytoxin plus taxol, you know, rarely is it one, uh, one hit wonder. So um, they work better in unison within each, each, uh, each category. And they work even best when you take the different categories and put them all together. So that can turn the the tide that can steer a large ship that's been going in one direction for a very long time uh, in a different direction using the more powerful um, collaboration and synergy of all of these toolboxes put together. So uh, they are all important. And the, the number one would be lifestyle. So just briefly, you know, that's, you know, are you going for a walk every day? Are you, uh, in uh, somewhere where you enjoy what you do every day, a job, a vocation, uh, volunteering, um, 
in the environment is part of that as well. So no amount of my herbs or their chemotherapy is going to unplug your automatic poison dispensers from your uh, your bedroom or your office or uh, get your Wi-Fi router from underneath your bed and your Bluetooth emitting cell phone from underneath your pillow every night. So someone has to pay attention to these things and someone might be helpful to come over with an EMF meter and measure these things or to ask you about your environmental exposures and see what you can mitigate and or limit or completely eliminate from your life that is not bringing you joy, happiness, health, and some positive uh, effect on your blood work and your uh, urine results and all these things. So uh, lifestyle is a big part of this. Uh, obviously, eating. eating. Yeah, yeah. Just real quick. So lifestyle could even be, as we've discussed before, um, using different lotions or chapsticks or icing. Yeah. And so that's part of this thing of like, think about the entire experience and how you actually live your life and how you can set yourself up so that you don't have uh, your hand cracking and your heel cracking and things like that. So absolutely, I, I interrupted you before you went on to diet and eating habits. Yeah, that's a good point that some of these things fit into lifestyle. Like, um, you know, I went over and saw your garage and, and that entire rack of sunglasses that is a lifestyle thing to me, just like, it's just, I guess you walk out before going into your car and heading out into the world that you pick from like 50 different fun slash ridiculous slash professional and serious sunglasses and kind of depending on your mood or what you're going to go do, you have ones that are like lemons or you have all kinds of party ridiculous sunglasses. And, you know, that's a lifestyle thing. I, I, I assume it brings you joy. It definitely brought me joy looking at the 50 different sunglasses that you have, but you know, everyone can cultivate something that brings them joy into their daily routine or lifestyle, right? Like for you and I, I think it's music. So, you know, like my sunglasses choice is like, you know, what am I going to put on my car on my way to work? And, and yeah, is it worthwhile to invest some money into really rocking car stereo on my 94 Mazda Miata? Yeah, I think so. I think that's worth a lot for me and my personal delights and lifestyle for sure. uh, that brings me joy. Yeah. So um, diet and I, and I really asked you guys to put eating habits on there because diet is not the same thing as eating habits. You can have an immaculately clean, organic, locally harvested, blessed by the Pope and the rabbi and no animals were harmed in the making of this and children uh, fair labor, blah, blah, blah. And you're eating it on the way to work while driving on a conference call. And that is not going to help your body digest and assimilate these amazing nutrients that were organically grown into your body. So one thing is how you're eating it. Another thing is what you eat and what you eat should change according to your condition, the environment and your constitution, but how you eat it shouldn't really change. You should always be sitting down and Take a big, long, deep breath, maybe say grace and uh, take some time away from your desk, away from your computer, your cell phone, work, uh, go outside, you know, put a mask on, hide if you think your boss is going to, whatever the hell you got to do, man, you, you've got to sit some time aside, sit down, put your feet on the floor, stare blindly into space for a bit and then really enjoy a meal with some company, some music, but not the news, not the really intense conversation. Like do the intense conversations and the news and the computer and the phone at some other time, not when you're eating. So not when you're getting nourishment, truly. not when you're receiving nourishment, yin, 
you're either doing yang of work and typing and um, accomplishing or you're yin, you're setting some time aside. So uh, people kind of fixate on, oh, well, I'm going to eat all vegetables and organic and the Garth Brooks all juice diet. But, the, you know, they don't remember the the eating habits are a big part of this as well. Sure. So, uh, you know, we could spend a whole podcast or more on each one of these things, but just kind of briefly going over these things. Therapies are things that you kind of have done to you or with you. So you don't really massage, or you can massage yourself, I suppose. And I suppose I could acupuncture myself, but, um, you know, talk therapy, uh, massage therapy, reflexology, sound therapy. Uh, hopefully you'll make it to our next sound bath, Julie. Uh, this is something that, you know, there's different levels of of passiveness, you know, like in sound therapy, you don't need to do the damn thing. And sometimes that's really good for that person that's eating on the go on the conference call, driving to this appointment, that appointment and volunteering to be, have a PSA and volunteer firefighter and her community. Uh, sometimes they just need to like stop doing the yang and just sit there and receive some sound and let the sound kind of take you to a different land. So and sometimes the therapy is like somatics where it's kind of like partial participation or like Thai massage where it's kind of like, it's not entirely passive, but it's kind of passive. So, you know, there's a broad spectrum of therapies that are uh, better for some people than others. And and someone can help guide you towards some of these things. And that was, uh, Botanicals. Hold on just one second on the therapies. That was a big part of my strategy. For example, I had a 10 person healthcare team. And on that team, I had a chiropractor, a massage therapist, a reflexologist, a therapist, an acupuncturist. I tried yoga. I tried Reiki, Reiki, all of these things to impact different things. So for example, to really support me, so I wouldn't have neuropathy. I saw an acupuncturist before I started chemo or so that I could have lymphatic draining. I saw a massage therapist. So it's important as you start to think about these therapies to begin to think about what is the outcome you're trying to achieve and align the team and the approach to that outcome. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Let's go to botanical. Yeah, like you said, be strategic about it. So there's a million different therapies that you could do. Yeah. You know, under underwater basket weaving is is probably something that's very relaxing for some people. But is it going to help your neuropathy? Uh, maybe not. Yeah. Um. So botanicals, there's a whole realm of that, and botanicals uh, also can kind of creep into diet a little bit because you know oregano and thyme. They're botanical, but there's something that you can put on your pizza and uh, or your salad or whatever. So there's a there's kind of a spectrum. And there's also like Artemisia, Artemisia wormwood or uh, a chorus or aconite, which is like not something you would ever want to put on any food. It is extremely strong, uh, very potent and potentially caustic and even poisonous. And that is nowhere near the realm of gentle food like substance but sometimes called for in the realm of, of, um, of therapeutic medicine in small doses. So, you know, work with an actual herbalist that knows what they're doing and knows dosages and can tune the botanical regimen and formulas, not just single agents, but formulas and help them include those into, you know, pills, capsules, tablets, nebulizers, topicals on your pizza, um, teas, decoctions, infusions, there's a million different ways to get botanicals into and onto people. Even um, enema. E even an enema. That's right. I, I did a whole class called butt medicine, yeah. going, going beyond and below our normal oral delivery mechanisms as herbalists. So 
They made me change the name of that at the American Herbalist Guild to uh, uh, rectal administration of, uh, or uh, uh, yeah, rectal administration of herbal medicine because they didn't like my original title, but I still kind of like butt medicine. I like butt medicine too. All right. And the nutraceuticals, this was something that was totally new to me. I didn't really understand what this was and how it was different from pharmaceuticals. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So along that spectrum between, you know, food and botanicals and drugs kind of between pharmaceuticals and botanicals, often in terms of uh, strength and, uh, you know, how laser focused they are, as opposed to like, you know, eating broccoli sprouts is a food, but it's kind of also botanical, but it's a shotgun approach because it's got the isocyanothinates and it's got the, uh, the, the DIM and the sulforaphane. It's kind of got a, a plethora of different chemical agents, whereas nutraceuticals typically is one chemical agent. Say vitamin C is one thing. Uh, eating parsley is a bunch of things, including vitamin C. Um, nutraceuticals is like NAC, alpha-lipoic acid, things that are not really a plant. They may be contained in plants. Quercetin is in probably half of Chinese herbs, but you're, it's hard to get up to two grams of therapeutic level of quercetin with eating onions, you know, like you could do that, but you would definitely smell like onion um, or garlic. So side effects of that too. There's side effects to that too. Nutraceuticals are, or that type of thing. And they can be dialed in specifically, like you said, to accomplish certain things um, before, during, or after chemo. And, and here is one scenario where you do with some of these nutraceuticals need to be careful doing them precisely the same day of chemo. Most of them are pretty uh, kosher to do the day of, but for example, iron, you don't want to do the day of chemo. Um, so uh, pharmaceuticals, I think we know what pharmaceuticals are. Yeah. And uh, they sometimes need to be dialed in, but I would first, especially for like a stage one or two cancer, I see very many cases where you don't need to dial in the pharmaceuticals. Sometimes you do like in advanced cancers, they are, you know, you don't start with pharmaceuticals. You start with all these other nourishing, gentle, strengthening things because pharmaceuticals always hundred percent of the time, even something as mild as like metformin, which is pretty mild as far as drugs go. And it is somewhat pleiotropic in that it covers more than one base. Um, it still has side effects. Like it's going to slowly, but surely deplete your B vitamins and, and other minerals. So they all have side effects and you'd rather do the things that are going to give you more effects and less side effects. But if you're going to do the pharmaceuticals, then you definitely need, it's not a question. It's like, well, you needed them before, but now you really need these other toolboxes in place to protect you from the side effects of the pharmaceuticals. So taking the B12 or the B6 or the magnesium supplement, if you're on metformin or something stronger, like atriamycin or cytoxin. For sure. So, and I think it's important to note here as well, um, you know, as I was searching for this, most people tend to get cancer and then abdicate control to one single doctor at a time. So it could be your surgeon and then your oncologist, et cetera. But I, um, of course, with my industrial psychologist hat on, did some research and, and looked into what is the medical school curriculum that you can actually hold any one doctor accountable for knowing. And when I began to look at that curriculum, I understood that literally the only one of these that a physician is an expert in is number six, pharmaceuticals. So it is critical, no matter what you decide to do as you build your holistic health strategy, that you understand who you can go to to be an expert in what. So pharmaceuticals, we typically would say oncologist or any conventional or traditional or uh, 
um, Western style doctor would probably be an expert in pharmaceuticals. Now, there are certain nutritionists or others that would certainly have expertise in diet and eating habits, but I frankly went to Oscar to help me with botanicals, nutraceuticals, diet, and lifestyle, and he was able to really help me moderate against those things. And then, as I mentioned before, I built out an entire strategy where I had a 10-person team with the reflexologist and chiropractors and massage therapist. But Oscar, is there any professional that you would say I named that we would be really helpful to begin to think about as you're considering these six core toolboxes in your initial stages? Um, like you said, I think it's it takes a it takes a village and it takes a team, especially in an advanced cancer setting where it's not like optional to to dial in the botanicals or nutraceuticals or pharmaceuticals. Like those are a necessary part. So it's going to take more than one person to help manage all of these things and um like a pelvic therapist right like i i'm not going to do that i know very little about that but i know the benefit that my patient you know they, they need less acupuncture and herbs when they have someone like manually go you know on their abdomen and kind of get those tendons and ligaments and pelvic floor in place then they don't need to take all my herbs to not have to pee six times a night right so um herbalists generally i mean i'm a little maybe i'm biased because i'm an herbalist but we're we're trained in at least the diet eating habits uh we have generally a pretty good understanding of other ancillary modalities like reflexology or massage therapy i mean i'd say probably half of herbalists are also one of these other things acupuncturists or massage therapists or reflexologists or aromatherapists so you know herbalists tend to wear more than one hat um but um to answer your question i mean you know, rarely do you find someone that is expert in, in more than three things. Uh, Donnie Yance, my teacher, you know, could run circles around the pharmacokinetics of most pharmaceuticals around, you know, he can run around pharmacists or doctors because they just don't, they, they deploy these things as tools, but they don't really understand the latest research around, you know, is this drug better than this drug? in the, you know, the, the study that just got published last week, because that memo doesn't get to them because they're understandably seeing like 40 patients a day. So they're not going to these conferences, you know, ASCO conferences every year to say, Hey, we did the trial on these four approved FDA drugs and, you know, they all work, but we now realize that this one and this one drug number one and three combined work a little bit better than drug number two and four, or definitely a lot better than drug number one of alone. And a lot of this data is published and filters down to standard of care years later. I mean, I, I routinely still see docs prescribing meds that are kind of old hat, like old and or or still, you know, prescribing tamoxifen, whereas, in fact, aromatase inhibitors have kind of shown that they're better. Um, so. And hats off, to, I guess, to Donnie Yance that, that has a pretty solid handle on most of these things. But reality, you're going to probably have you, the cancer patient, are probably going to have to find at least two or three different people to help guide these choices. Or you're just if you're the DIY kind of person, <laughs> theoretically, you can take a deep dive into all of these things and uh, and look into it for yourself. But I, you know, I've changed my oil and my. Um, on my car and I've replaced my alternator many, many times. And at this point, I think I would just rather pay someone that's done it a million times to do it because 
it would take me far longer to research this stuff and get my hands dirty well, than and, than and, what these guys could do in his you know blink of an eye. And frankly, we know the only non-renewable real resource is energy, and you don't want to, you want to yeah. conserve your energy to use it where you really need it, which is in diet, rest, exercise, etc. So. Um, I totally believe that you should hire the professional that has the spike in the area that you really want to discover the the expertise in. So, well, this has been a quick um, introduction to the six toolboxes. We'll, of course, do quite a bit more in these toolboxes, but um, this is the foundation of how to build a holistic health strategy and not only to treat the cancer, but to heal the host and heal yourself. We hope that you learned something and can help to, to employ this in your holistic cancer strategy and that uh, what you've learned here today will help you make cancer suck less. Thank you so much for joining us. Julie Stevens and Oscar Sierra signing off. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the ideas shared here, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Please share this episode with anyone you think could benefit from the knowledge bomb we just dropped on you. You can find short video clips of the best moments from this episode at mojohealth.org and on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at mojohealth.org. For more information and to access the resources we've built for patients to make cancer suck less, please go to mojo health.org and become a member of the mojo movement thanks everyone for listening and we hope this episode has got your mojo rising disclaimer the views thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views thoughts and opinions of mojo health cooperative llc a georgia limited liability company its respective officers directors employees agents or representatives this podcast is presented by mojo health cooperative and cannot be copied or rebroadcast without consent the material and information presented here is for general information purposes only and not intended to supplant the expert advice and or consultation of a medical doctor and or a licensed physician and or an attorney in short this podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice nor legal advice the mojo health name and all forms of abbreviation are the property of its owner and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. Again, none of the content of this podcast should be considered legal advice nor medical advice. As always, consult a lawyer and or a licensed physician in lieu of relying upon the advice of any of the participants of this podcast. The host or hosts of this podcast are not licensed lawyers, physicians, doctors of osteopath, nor medical doctors in any jurisdiction anywhere. The hosts of this podcast do not practice medicine and do not profess to be able to do any of the following. One, diagnose, heal, treat, prevent, prescribe, or removing any physical, mental, or emotional ailment or supposed ailment of any individual. Two, engage in the end of human pregnancy. Three, treat human ailments. Nor four, perform acupuncture. Mojo Health Cooperative, LLC, is not responsible for any losses damages or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast.